Hello and welcome to episode 84. The Randy Moss episode. Would you agree that it's the Randy Moss episode? <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. The first, the first thing I was trying to think of was like, all right, what are some horrible 84s that I can that I can drop in as superlatives? And I really nothing came to mind outside of Patrick Creighton. It's just I just I, I could not stand Patrick Creighton. Patrick Love what he stood for in terms of like calling out the the scheme and stuff like that, but the player, like, oh, he just pissed yeah. me off so often. But anyway, <laughs> yes. The Randy Schmoss episode. The Randy Moss, Moss known him episode of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my guy, my best man, my ace, my co-host, Dane Beasley. Dane, how you doing, my guy? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Ugh. Sounds like you're shuffling a little bit over there. Freaking chair is doing a little. Oh, yeah, you're getting that. Yeah, so that hydraulic almost, action over there. Yeah, it's almost time. Same over here, bro. It's, it's almost time. But yeah, mine is good, mine bro. is like I have to sit. I can't really move much when we record because one, my the way my desk is arranged, like there's uh-huh. not much movement. Like if I hit the table, the camera's gonna shake, and people that watch us on YouTube be like, "Bro, this dude is tripping over there." And then it's my stomach bug. Motion yeah, the, the sides kind of worn out a little bit, but um, we gonna make it work, man. Uh, episode eighty four of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Apple, Spotify, for our viewers on YouTube, thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Duo. Um, Man, thank you to uh, everyone that joined us on playback for the first round of The Duo Watch Party on Thursday night. It was, we had so much fun, man, kicking it with uh, some some friends of the show that came by to chat with us in the chat, hop up on stage. Our our boy LaPaul hopped up on stage with us for a little bit uh, as a Texans fan. Um, right when Derek Stingley got picked. And so that was pretty cool to interact with a, p- a bunch of people that rock with our show. Um, we Like Danny and I mentioned, we're going to try to do more live kind of things like that, different uh, pieces of content that we're going to try to do in the near future for people that rock with us. So I'm glad that people enjoyed it. And hopefully yeah. we could do more things like that. Dane, what do you, what do you think about the, the live, our first live experience? <laughs> Bro, it was fun. Uh, it, it was very fun. It's very easy to navigate the the uh, the interface, uh, being able to see everything. Like knowing that we all were seeing the same thing at the same time, yeah. perfect. Because more most of the time, like when, when you and I and even Bo or Justin were like playing the game and we were all <laughs> watching something on TV, it's like, hey, make sure you don't celebrate, put yourself on mute because I have no idea what's about to happen next in this game. So it's like. Right. See your reaction at the same time as my reaction and someone else's reaction. Perfect. Versus yeah. seeing it in like a delayed sort of sort of deal was it was good. It was good. That was yeah. I appreciated that the most. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have that thirty second. Hey, bro, I know what's gonna happen in thirty seconds. So I'm chill. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Appreciate people that that hopped in. Thank you to the people at Playback for providing us the opportunity to use their platform to do so. It's really cool. Um, on desktop, on the phone. I think they're going to come out with a public app for everyone to use at some point. But yeah, man, it was it was a great experience. Like Dan and I said, hopefully we can bring maybe during the football season some live games that we could do because um, th- there's the opportunity for that. Um, maybe NBA Finals, you know, got the NBA Finals coming up in the month of June. So maybe we could do a game or two or something like that. But we'll mess around with it and, and see and see where we go from there, bro. But 
Yeah, the NFL draft wrapped up this weekend, bro, and um, we talked about it on on the uh, the live show mm-hmm. about a lot of surprises that you know we always go into the drafts and there's a lot of hype about all these deals that could get done or this is the craziest, most unexpected draft, and you kind of shrug it off a little bit. But I think we saw like the the most number of trades we ever seen in the first round with nine. We saw yeah. the first five picks be defensive, bro. Uh, solid, solid. Yeah. Um, what'd you kind of think about what, what we witnessed in the first round? I was happy because it shows that the league has finally been put on notice that although the game is essentially built for the offensive players to have the advantage, teams or team builders would know like defensive players make the they they make the difference. Um yeah. So hopefully we see within this era, so within the next five or 10 years, we see a shift in not only the protection of quarterbacks and receivers and defensive pl- defenseless players, but we see a shift in the game being a little bit more uh, equitable <laughs> parity wise. So, you know, it, it, it was good to see. It was good to see because more than often we, we see too far often horrible quarterbacks getting drafted first overall, second overall, just because of, desperation from your your bottom feeding teams but it was Mm -hmm. a breath of fresh air man what about you yeah yeah i agree man i feel like we always see those shifts like you said in the league like there was the the shift of you know everybody trying to run read option like a copycat (laughs) league um we saw a shift in everybody trying to go spread and things of that nature and right now it's a Mm -hmm. you know quarterback heavy league you need a quarterback to kind of be at the top of the food chain and i think with this draft you kind of (laughs) saw <laughs> <He's>, okay. <laughs> I will go back to what I'm gonna write it down. Why, why that made me okay. laugh so hard? Go okay, ahead, please. Man. When I said top of the food chain, notes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I was saying you you kind of see um, the copycat league, like a lot of teams trying to get a quarterback to you know push them to elite status. And on the defensive end, if you can't get one of those options, and I think I mentioned it on Thursday during the the draft show, if you can't get the quarterback that you need mm-hmm. to be successful, what's the next best option, right? You shore up your right. defense. You shore up the guys that are going to be on the other side of that ball playing against these quarterbacks, these offensive weapons that um, you see on the other side. So I think a lot of the teams that, you know, were equipped to go get defensive players in a, in a draft that the quarterbacks weren't really uh, – it wasn't really a quarterback-heavy uh, class – or it was a quarterback-heavy class, but the quality – you know, it's not as good as most years or recent years. Um, you only had one quarterback going the first round with Kenny Pickett. And what's funny about that, I don't know if Sean will listen to this episode, but <laughs> he, he he rather would prefer – he preferred Malik Willis. And I did as well, but it looks like teams really didn't see it that way as he's, he fell to the third round to the uh, Tennessee Titans and Kenny Pickett and only was the only quarterback that ended up going in the first round. But, mm. um, yeah, I think you just see – defenses and teams that aren't able to get those weapons or aren't able to get those quarterbacks is like, Hey, let's show up the defense. Let's try to get as best as great as we can on that side of the ball to attack what's going on on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was weird just not seeing teams risk it for quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, yeah, we were expecting that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was weird that it, we knew that the quarterback, selection was going to be you know lesser than normal and 
maybe that just turns maybe that just speaks to the links that these front offices are going to ensure that they're just not setting up their team for failure by just bringing in anybody, but just bringing them in at the right time using significant draft capitals for those premium positions. I mean, quarterback is premium position, but I will, I'm willing to bet $10. Okay. (laughs) I'm willing to bet 10 correction, $12 that the draft this time next year, we're going to see, at least three quarterbacks taken in first and second round. Like it's yeah. going to be a major difference. Um, major, major. Who are top quarterbacks you. next year? Yeah, it's CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, off the top of my head, and probably somebody from somebody from the pack. I'm forgetting somebody from the pack. Um, uh, oh boy, it's not eligible yet. Caleb no, Williams isn't eligible, eligible yet. yet. Somebody from the pack, I'm forgetting. Uh, Jaden Daniels transfer. I don't know if he's first round material yet, though. Jaden Daniels. Well, he gonna see. To, uh, we, we see what happens. The difference in uh, the difference in it one year makes. Like, yeah, you know, in terms of Kenny Pickett, uh, yeah. we in terms of quarterbacks we didn't even know about really. That yeah. just happened. On, yeah, and made Jay our, Burrow, made Jay, You know, Jay Jay Burrow is another. <laughs> Jay Cool is another good example. Although, although a talented quarterback and just making that leap. That year, the uh, difference a year takes or difference a, right. a year makes in terms of quarterback evaluation. And, right. Yeah. So uh, another thing that surprised me and I thought was going to happen first round was like see actual pe- player movement. And we did. We saw Holly Brown get traded to Crazy. the Cardinals from Crazy. the Ravens for a first round pick, bro. Right. Wasn't that first round pick? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was worth that first round pick. I don't think he was, but. Arizona swinging for defenses as far as getting Kyler Murray, who he wants as a weapon. They played together in college at Oklahoma. What more um, do you want, dude? Yeah, the, I know, right? Well, well also, they, they picked that tight end, Trey McBride, from uh, Colorado State that best, I liked a lot. The best tight end in the draft by, by a right. long shot. Right, yeah. He was probably on all the, the, the draft boards as the top tight end that got mm-hmm. him. Um, but as far as the surprises, I thought we'd maybe see a Debo Samuel deal as he had demanded a trade a few weeks or a few days Brown. before the draft. Um, we saw AJ Brown get deal. Yeah. That to was, Philly. That one, that one blew my mind. It's like, whoa, y'all are really swinging for the, like, something, they gave like, him what? Four <laughs> years, a hundred mil. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like they, they threw the bag at buddy. So and we talked about it briefly, you know, during the, during the stream. Uh, about you know just the impact what we're are we going to is this going to be the norm in terms of teams not paying these you know these yeah. wide receivers top bill it's like yeah i don't know i and can't it, tell yeah. you like i didn't expect that we see like the receiver market has been put in array if you a disarray if you if you uh <laughs> put it like that uh with the christian kirk everybody's pointing to that christian kirk deal yeah. you got from the jaguars that's that snow, <laughs> yeah that snowball effect of you know getting everything going but yeah we saw aj brown get deal hollywood brown um, we didn't see Debo Samuel get uh, dealt, which could probably happen in the next few days. Who knows? Yeah, Odell um, Beckham. I'm tired yeah, because you told me. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this? Not, why is no one tweeting about this? Oh, yeah. Odell's got the scoop, and I was like, oh, what's going on? I need to see. Oh, oh, shout out to the because I was like, in my head, like that is a really good pick. I mean, a good trade for the Patriots in terms of helping the young quarterback and then just getting a playmaker, a bona fide playmaker in the system, like in their right. system. So. Yeah, and then Tom Pelissero just quote tweeted uh, Odell Beckham said, "This is not true." 
Everybody, everybody was just like, all right, they just moved on from that point. But and yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. When's the last time the Patriots have had a significant playmaker at the wide receiver position? Like Randy Moss. Hey, fitting that this is the Randy Moss episode. <laughs> I see you, Dane. <laughs> like I threw up the alley oop D Wade style and just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and then the other kind of surprise maybe is uh the Browns not dealing May- uh, Baker Mayfield. He's still uh, uh yeah, still with the Cleveland Browns at this point, kind of like in purgatory. So, so yeah. like you can't you can't I mean I obviously you can, but in an awkward quarterback room situation you can't possibly roll in there with both of those oh, no. guys on the roster he hasn't he hasn't been in the facility at all since you know since everything went down but i still to have him on the team like you That's feel like you could get some kind of compensation something. for him at some point right something see something but i mean maybe there were i mean obviously there are rumors about a trade a potential trade from the panthers but yeah the cleveland the Cleveland Browns, they wanted the Panthers to take a significant portion of the cap hit, I think. Some, something weird with the money. They wanted some money to be taken on Carolina's side. And Carolina's like, oh, no, we're not taking this horrible quarterback off your hands and <laughs> absorbing the cap hit. Like, you're going to yeah. take the back. We're going to take the player. So, I I don't know. Maybe something to come down to, you know, something to come down here in a number of days or if not weeks. But I I don't know. It's just yeah. a word. It's a weird situation all the way around, bro. Definitely, definitely. So we'll see how that shakes up. But if you're a fan of the duo, and you know both Dane and I, you know we're both fans of both the Broncos and the Cowboys. Dane being the Cowboys fan, I am a fan of the Cowboys. That is it. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. I'm not. Oh, fan so of I added the and. Yes, yes. I yes, am a yes. fan of the Broncos. Dane is a fan of the Cowboys. There we go. All right. Thanks, so yeah, you. we're. Thank you for that up. <laughs> so the uh, first round during the stream, the Broncos did not have a first round pick. So I was laid back chilling because you know we Thank got Russell man. Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but Dane, uh, your Dallas Cowboys had a first round pick. Um, What'd you think about the pick? We kind of talked about it on the stream, but for those that did not check out the stream, what what do you think about the Cowboys' first round selection? Pros, he's a mauler. He's a dog in the trenches. Um, what was his name? Smith. Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Yeah, so he's a local kid um, out of Fort Worth. It's weird saying kid, but at the same time, most of the guys that were drafted were born two thousand, two thousand twenty one. Like, well, we were in, we were in elementary school. Like crazy, yeah. Anyway, so Buddy's bona fide baller in the run game has some has some good traits. A lot of athletic traits. Is very fast, quick on his feet for his size. Um, eventually, I think he'll probably be moved over to left tackle unless they find someone better. Um, he's going to be. He's obviously going to be a plug and play starter, left guard position, which has been uh, a thorn in our side. Uh, Tyron Smith, our Hall of Fame left tackle, I can expect him to miss at least three to seven games a season. So there might be a situation where a, a tackle who might be on this roster or might not be on this roster moved over there. Cons, he is a penalty machine. It's something he's already well aware of. Uh, many of the interviews that he's done with local media, he's already addressed like, you know, this is something that I have to clean up in terms of being um, a, a pro football player. His hand placement has been an issue, uh, thus the accumulation of several penalties 
um, during the 2021 season, most of which took place while he was playing left tackle because he has a plenty of position flex, for which is helpful. But he's he's a dog. Obviously, uh, there were players that I, based on the people that I follow and based on some of the the film that I watched that I favored above him that I thought were hmm. um, obviously options and Kenyon Green and Zion from Boston College. Like I thought those were chewing like boom, those guys are plugging plays as well. But you know, the board fell to them the way that it did, so they made the pick. He had no he had no ability to choose where he was selected. That's all on the team that selected him. So the expectations, of course, that he has to live up to are unfortunately he has a first round pick and he has to live up to that being an offensive lineman drafted in the first round. And there's a pedigree for players that have been drafted specifically playing offensive line for the Cowboys. So that's my, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm excited. He seems like a really good dude. Um, it's time to get to work. And I think he's going to, he's got plenty of dog in him. Something that we haven't seen from that left guard position since the departure of Ron Leary. Um, I would yeah. say Lyle Collins, but he just, he wasn't, it was there wasn't ability. There wasn't. A, I mean, he had obviously had the the talent to be a, a great guard, but this team of me, the team, the need, the need that we had at the time, he had to play tackle. So, right. So, we'll see. We'll see what. Yeah. What about you, man? What about what were your? If you had the ability to have a first round pick, I mean, obviously, if there was some way, shape, or form that you could have executed the trade with keeping Russell Wilson in, also obtaining or keeping your first round pick, where would you would have liked to go? Man, I, he he didn't get a first round grade value, but I keep bringing him up, man, because we kind of need. Well, we have Albert O still in that tight end, but since we traded away Noah Fant, I would have loved mm. to grab um, Trey McBride from Colorado State. He would have stayed in the state of Colorado, um, but I mean, he had a second round grade. We could still could have drafted him in the second round. That's true. Um, but I am I am kind of satisfied who who we did select. Um, being a Baylor fan, I'm very keen <laughs> to no. Listen, listen. I'm not gonna talk about Baylor, but I was saying hey, getting drafted I, I, too. The Baylor I, ball players, yeah, they did, they did. Oh, well, my next, my next part, the, our next segment, I'll talk about that. But the uh, <laughs> the <laughs> watching a lot of Big Twelve football, mm-hmm. um, you know, I see a lot of other teams in our in our conference, and with our second pick, which is our first pick in the draft, we picked. Uh, Nick Benito, outside linebacker at Oklahoma, um, can never have enough pass rushers in the Facts. league, um, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's quarterback heavy. Top quarterbacks, a lot of top quarterbacks in the league in the, in our division. But um, signing Randy Gregory, we know he's had some issues in the past. Hopefully, that's all behind him. But if it isn't, it's not a bad idea to have some, you know, <laughs> some debt behind him. To uh, <laughs> to have some uh, guys that can can play and pass rush and Nick Benito, I've seen him a lot in the Big Twelve. He's a big time hitter, playmaker, get to the ball, always in the and, backfield. Yeah, he's a he's one of those kind of guys in the pyramid with the Baron Browning that we have, um, Malik Reed, who's played extremely well for us, Bradley Chubb, from obviously the, Ohio State University. Yes, from Ohio State, uh, Baron Browning, uh, Jonathan Cooper, and some of those guys. Uh, can never have enough pass rushers to be able to rotate um, those guys in and out. And hopefully he can bring that same intensity that he brought game in and game out in the big 12. Um, so that was a really good selection for us. I think we had a lot of spots that are already kind of set for us uh, in the secondary. I felt like we could have added a little more, but 
overall, I'm okay with it. Not having a first round pick. Okay with it. <laughs> overall, I'm sitting. We're I think we're sitting pretty well where we're at, Dane. But you had mentioned. Okay. I I think I had mentioned it first, obviously about Baylor, and yes. we had six draft drafted players, uh, Which the is highest. Huge. Yeah, Jeez, it was bro. the most ever in school history, having six. Um, and one of, because our next segment here is players around the league that aren't a part of our favorite teams, the best value and pick. Um, and one of mine is Taquan Thornton with the Patriots, because we had mentioned during the uh, the the fake uh, trade or whatever that Odell Beckham had tweeted about um, <laughs> Debo going to the Patriots, how Mark, or my, Mac Jones, I'm going to call him Mark, our boy Mark Jones. Mark. Mac Jones needs some weapons. But Tyquan Thornton, man, from Florida, uh, he grew up in Florida, went to Baylor. But speed, man, speed kills. And he's a great route runner, uh, weapon that Mac Jones needs out there in New England. Um, they've had a lot of trouble getting weapons, like, uh, should I say, um, consistency out there at the wideout position. I think Tyquan mm. Thornton is like a – threat down the field, deep threat that can uh, be that deep ball threat that Mac Jones needs on that offense. Um, and then they even up. got Marcus. Yeah, what? I was I was just about to you, you, are, you, you were right, right there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I, speaking of Joneses and the Patriots, go ahead, brother, yeah, take it away. Yeah, our, our boy Mark, his Aww. brother, Marcus, Marcus Jones played for Houston. If you, if you ever watch Houston football, Houston University this past season, he was the special teams return specialist and also he played played really great at corner uh got picked by patriots somebody who bill belichick will probably you know how Mm. bill gets in the lab when he goes crazy with all these schemes and stuff somebody that probably fits his scheme perfectly well for what he wants to do gonna be great in the return game from new england so shout out to to marcus jones as well i think it'll be a good fit facts facts um (sighs) this was easy for me when the as soon as the pick happened, I forgot then, one too. But go ahead. Oh, you go for me. Um, for my team, my favorite pick that we made was probably Jalen Tolbert, uh, wide receiver out of South Alabama. Um, just in terms of, it's crazy just watching, knowing that there was a need wide receiver. As soon as we traded Amari Cooper, I was like, man, this is some bull. Whatever. I started looking up. Because I didn't have any type of, I didn't have any type of enthusiasm about our team drafting a wide receiver in days one or two. Like I just knew it wasn't going to happen because of how stacked we were. I was like, "There's no reason for it." And then they traded Coop. So then I started going on the list of looking at guys and just keeping my ear to the ground about particular receivers. And I was looking up, just you know, in terms of range, like second round and third round guys. So I was looking at George Pickens. I was looking at Sky Moore. I was looking at Jalen Tober, and I was like, "I like this Tober kid." And then when I was watching, because you. The best thing to do when you're looking at players before the draft is not only just to look at the highlights, but looking at their, their low moments too. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee game. Boy was going ham. Um, and it just showed the limitations of their offense. Their quarterback is the well, backup quarterback was playing at the time and it's just wildly inaccurate and just missed him on so many different touchdowns. I was hmm, he's gonna fit right in here because we have a quarterback that's wildly inaccurate and misses touchdowns all the time, but <laughs> he has Good NFL speeds, a four-four guy, and he he's a dog. Like I see him multiple times, trash talking to cornerbacks during the game, and when they got him on the radio and interviewed him, he'll say he's a big trash talking. He's, he's he made sure to set the record straight. He's like I don't start anything. If they say they say something to me, 
of course I'm gonna talk back, but I don't never start anything. But I'll finish it though. So right, love him is love him, love that pick, love him. So was, yeah, and know, not, so not only y'all losing Cooper, you lost Cedric Wilson as well, who's a big yeah. part of the Cowboys' offense this year. Huge part, huge, and he's gonna ball out over in Miami because of just the opportunities he has, not only to be like the third or fourth guy, but he's a special teamer. He's a special team yeah. day, so he'll be solid there. But I, I, I would have liked to keep him, but he, you know, he went and got the bag, and I don't blame him for it, not one bit. Yeah. It's very easy. My favorite pick in terms of value, in terms of scheme, in terms of the player, in terms of the fit. I've talked about this man so many times over the past two years, but Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton went 14 overall to the Ravens, and it was such a freaking Ravens pick. Like, yeah. you look at their draft, the Ravens had such a Ravens draft. And I say that because say that because they know what to do on defense. Like, you can always expect them to have a premier, solid, bona fide, we're going to hit you in the mouth, rely on our defense. Like, just go to, going down the list. I mean, obviously, Kyle Hamilton, David Ajabo, who, of course, is going, he's going to be missing some time. But that is... That is a great value pick. Travis Jones, a great one-take slash nose tackle out of Connecticut. The offensive tackle. I know you mentioned defense, but on the yeah, offensive yeah, side, get the mammoth offensive tackle. They got the center, yeah, Tyler Lindemar from Iowa. Yeah. That, that dude is shoot pause. That dude is humongous. <laughs> like, so they they killed it in terms of just in defense. Like, defensive-wise, like, they killed. Like, I have no reason to look at any other position uh, – or any uh, anyone they drafted on the offensive side of the ball, but they killed it uh, on the defense. Um, plus, they got a solid tight one of the solid tight ends that I like, um, Isaiah Likely, the fast guy out of uh, Coastal Carolina. So, yeah, that was they they did solid, and I ain't gonna cap. The NFC East had a amazing, well, an amazing draft in my opinion, or just a, an accumulation of players, specifically the Eagles. Yeah. And like, I, we mentioned the Giants too uh, during true, the stream. True. Uh, that those top ten picks they got um, uh, Thibodeau, true, and uh, Neil from Alabama. Correct? Yeah. Yes. They got those both in in the first round, top ten, Lord I believe. Giants. Let me go. Let me go back and because there's so much that happened. Yeah. So they got Thibodeau with the fifth pick, and then two picks later, seven. They got Evan Neal. Yeah. Um, and then it just went off. Yeah, it went off the rails after that. Like. I'm looking at some of the other picks. I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys needed those yeah. first two picks because everything else yeah. was like, <laughs> everything else was just like, what are you doing here? But that's the Giants for you. They they made two great picks. Um, I look forward. I mean, obviously, it's been pretty. You know what to expect every year for the past three or four years with us and playing division rivals. Like we're gonna beat up on somebody twice. We gonna we gonna not lose to somebody for multiple years in a row. But this year, I think the the scales have balanced. Um, in terms of parity <laughs> for for our division, so it should be a pretty good fight. Right. But that's not even the they. It's in terms of how great they picked their players in the first round, as nothing pales in comparison to how how amazing the Philadelphia Eagles did. And I don't care if they're a division rival or not. Like if you had a good draft, you had a damn good draft. So I'm call it for what it is. But you know, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. I'm call a spade a spade. The biggest surprise for me was. Nicobe Dean falling the way he did, and just there was speculation out there about pectoral surgery or any type of the injuries, knee injuries, his height, which, in my opinion, NFL needs to do away with height quarterback hand size. Yeah, yeah, like it's the issue. Like, if you can play, you can play. It don't matter how tall you are. I mean, unless you like it's you know, left tackle or something like that. Like, I understand you don't want somebody that's five foot eight, 
<laughs> like I get that, but you can play, you can play. It don't matter what position you are, bro. Like we've seen this time and time again, the smallest of small players is still balling out. Like, but Nicobe Dean ended up getting picked up by the, the Philadelphia Eagles, which was dope. Like that's going to be an amazing thing to watch. Um, but they killed it during their draft. So shout out to them. And hopefully we get some, yeah. some better, some more, uh, more competitive games in the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We mentioned the Giants and the NFC East. I was impressed with the Jets as well. Um, mm. Sauce Gardner at fourth overall. They went and got your boy Garrett Wilson out of the Ohio State University and Lake Travis. I, 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 I said, I said. Number 10. I said the <laughs> second part. We don't, acknowledge, <laughs> we don't acknowledge that second part, that Lake Travis part. That's, yeah, yeah. We, I could I could have chilled on that a little bit. Yeah, you, you went um, a little too far. And I just quite <laughs> disrespectful. Quite disrespectful. My bad. My bad. They went and got uh, edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, the third out of, or excuse me, the second out of Florida State. <sighs> yeah, the main got Brees Hall out of Iowa State, the running back. Um, pretty good on their end. So very um, good. Very good. Like, I was really impressed with what they did as well. Yeah, they also have Jeremy Record from the Ohio State University. So that was yeah, huge. That, yeah, 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 yeah. That was they had a solid draft. The Jets, the Jets, yeah. they. Now, if they go, yeah. they, will they be able to put it all together? Who knows? Because the Jets going to Because the Jets are the Jets. <laughs> the Jets are the Jets. Look, we give it praise, but then we'll tell it like it is. We we know your history. We know who you are. <laughs> we pulled the car facts, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but overall, man, definitely a, a good draft, fun draft to, uh, to watch and experience. And definitely thank you to those, again, that came and kicked it with us on that Thursday night. It was really fun. We enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, well, hopefully we'll see whatever those other moves that go down, Dane, potentially with Debo, potentially with Baker Mayfield. So, of course, we will talk about it <laughs> when it happens, <laughs> when it happens on, the, on the next episode, man. Um, yeah, Dane and I are recording now on Sunday, and we have advanced to the Western and Eastern Conference semifinals of the NBA playoffs, Dane. But before we get to that, we got to talk about Cat. Um Oh. Car Anthony Towns and his uh, swan song. His <laughs> you, we both talked about it. You, you watched more of his performance than I did. I kind of caught bits and pieces because I was working and on the documentary and stuff. But uh, I did see that last clip where somebody said he think he Kobe with the you know yeah. kissing the crowd on the way out after the loss. He won, like he won, like all right, man. I did give him my all. This is gonna be my last game. Like so, so I was like, bro, read the room. You lost, and nobody gives a damn. Like, bro, what are you? What are we doing here? But the point, the, the the reason why I bring this up is I I take pride in remembering stuff that happens quotables during the season, and he said some some wild stuff. Now we all get in, in the moment. Sometimes we get hyped and we say stuff, and sometimes later back later thinking, I was like, man, why did I say that? That was dumb. And he said some foolish stuff to the, something to the tune of him being the best shooting big man of all shooting time. Shooting big man of all time. I'm like, what? Like, what? It's, it's, it's part of being confident, but at it, some point you just got to put your foot in your mouth. No, you don't put your feet in your mouth like that. And yeah. so this whole time, I'm like, all right, bet we're going to see what you look like in the playoffs because you're shooting big man now. We're going to. I'm not going to say if you, you know, he go out there and he drop, you know, 40, 35 a game on some crazy shooting stats, crazy efficient shoots. I'm not going to say I'm not done. Like, okay. He is the best shooting big man. I'm not going to say that, but I was like, okay, there might be something to this. He did the exact opposite. In an elimination game, the boy only shot like three or four, 
like three or four threes. And it's like, not even so much as like, I needed him to have a particular volume of shots, but it was like, you're going to go out there and say these things a few months ago and you're going to put up this body of work in a game that you get sent home in or a game that you could get sent home in. I'm coming back for you. Yeah. So it, it sucked. At the same time, I think Buddy was just in his head because there are so many times that it's, it's really easy to see. You can go look it up, different videos of interviews that he's done. You see the tone and, and the octane in his voice and or the octaves in his voice, like super low. Like, yeah, man, it was, you know, we did our best out here. And then recently, man, you know, we, we, this is Minnesota, you know, they got, they got to see it. Like, bro, what are we, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here? Like, Draymond, and we mentioned Draymond on a previous episode saying something about sticking to who you are and he was referring <laughs> to that. Like, some guys just need to be who they are, right. like, trying to be the heel, quote unquote, or the bad guy or whatever. Just yeah. be who you are in a sense. And it's okay. Like I said, it's okay. <laughs> like Charles Barkley. Like I said, like I said, it's like okay. Said, like said. It's so funny. <laughs> but um, it's okay with being confident. Right. But um, taper your expectations. Like, mm-hmm. that's where I'm baby. Yeah, be at a point where, man, okay, I just want to go out and play well for my team. I'm confident that I can play well, but you just got to go out and do it, man. At at some point, the talk, you got to walk it. Right? You got to walk the talk. You got to walk the talk. Yeah. You got to walk the talk. um, Brought that game up because it ended, ended, you know, obviously ended um, in Memphis's favor. And that's not to say that that Jaw had a really great game. Jaw played like butt. He played like dumpster yeah. juice too. And his pops watching an interview by his pops saying essentially, or not essentially, he said, no, he played like garbage. He played bad. And he looked right at the camera when he said, it. I was like, see, that's, that's cool. You don't have people in your corner. Like what's the word I'm looking for? Enabling. Give you the real. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have people in your corner being yes, man, enabling you. Obviously that's his, you know, that's his parents, but for your father to, to be interviewed, who looks like, Usher's uh, stuntman, like for your father to, to go on live TV and, you know, say like, hey, you know, he did great. I mean, the team did great, but he did, you know, his performance was unacceptable. Yeah. That's that's huge. Yeah. So I guess the next step for him and hopefully uh, once this podcast is over, we can see what they're looking like. But yeah, I was going to say that the uh, recording this on Sunday as they're playing right now, they're down to the uh, go to state wars in, in uh, the Western semis. Uh, 87 to 85 late in the third quarter. John Morant is nine of 20 right now with 23 Ooh. points. Uh, Jaron Jackson right now, 28 points, five for seven from three for Golden State right now. It's the Jordan Poole and Steph Curry show. <laughs> Steph has 21, Poole has 24, Poole party. Uh, Draymond is Draymond. <laughs> hey, that's what they calling it. They call it the pool party, bro. Ain't that cool how that works? The pool, like the Splash Bros. The pool, and then, like, pool party. Like, that's, 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 that's dope. I mean, corny as it sounds. That's kind of cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. So, um, right now, Golden State and Memphis kind of tied or close to each other going into the fourth quarter. Earlier today, um, the Bucks knocked the Bucks. off Boston in game one of the Eastern semifinals Bucks uh, 101 to 89 uh, kind of a rough one for Jason Tatum 21 points 6 to 18 shooting bad uh, Giannis had a triple double Giannis looking like Giannis basically without Middleton there he's got to step it up a little more obviously and he did just that kind of look like how he did during that 
crazy NBA uh, finals run last year. Um, but kind of a segue, Dane, we're into the second round of the playoffs. On the wow. West, we got Dallas facing off against the uh, defending Western Conference champs, uh, Phoenix Suns, Golden State and Memphis, so, as we Phoenix mentioned. Suns. And then on, <laughs> then on the other side, we got Milwaukee and Boston, and then Philly and the Heat. And now Joel Embiid is out for at least the first two games with the concussion and uh, I think he Ordo, had a fracture. An orbital, orbital fracture. An orbital bone fracture. Yeah, man. Um, that sucks, bro. Oh. Seems like they always hit the injury bug over there. Yeah, man, it's tough. But they got some bona fide ballers out there, so we're gonna see how that we gonna see how that goes. Yeah, yeah um, we'll we'll see how that shakes. I don't think I had anything. I don't think I was going anywhere with that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking. Gonna be. I'm, a, I had two screens. I'm looking at the looking at the <laughs> uh, the notes over here, and then the the um, the articles right. and trackers over here, just to make sure I'm right. getting my my minutes. In yeah, future, good, hoping my, my camera will be set up in such a way where it's not like a super obvious it's just on a swivel yeah <laughs> yeah man but as i mentioned earlier in the pod i was not able to really keen in on cat in that game six against the memphis grizzlies as i mentioned on previous episode been working on this documentary the 91 ruse documentary for our hometown dane at the Celebrate Clean Festival, it went really well. Had some technical difficulties here and there, but uh, overall, uh, it went well. Dane's giving me the hand clap. Appreciate that, brother. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it was it was awesome experience to have it and view it in front of a lot of people from the town. We had our guy Doc there. We had a lot of people from the documentary there. And um, we'll soon try to have it online hopefully by not this weekend maybe the next weekend i'll put a link to the trailer as well so people can kind of check that out till we drop yes, the full sir. version online online man but other than that brother i think it's time it's that time of the day what's that sound no! Nerdy news segment brought to you by Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. Hey, did you see on the stream he made his name that? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Keith. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> Shout out to our guy Keith, man. The nerdy news segment, episode five. Episode five of Moon Knight Dane. We are almost at the very end of this six-part series. Um, episode four left us on a clean clean hanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> they left as us on a clean to, a dirty hanger a dare uh, hanger a cliffhanger um episode five picks up right where episode four left off with mark slash steven in the uh asylum kind of psychic psychiatric hospital or whatever with these elephant figures that we don't know what you know what's going on here and it comes to find out that uh this or go ahead <laughs> Well, actually, go ahead. Uh, as per, look, as per my last email, um, the last episode we had some ideas on what could possibly happen. Uh, yes, with Moon Knight, where he could possibly be going, and the idea was, or the assumption was, that he would be in some sort of 
um, not purgatory, but just in a realm where he's awaiting to go to the next life. Um, because we're dealing with um, some mythos uh, and some gods and uh, a lot of otherworldly items and entities uh, with this episode, we got to venture into what his level of afterlife would potentially be or his resting stop would be. Um, so it was, it, we, we can confirm from the elements of the episode. And of course, spoiler, spoiler alert, alert. Uh, this was, this was his version of the afterlife before he got to the resting place for him being dead. Um, so mm -hmm. he's, he's like in that little middle place. He's not alive, but he's not dead. So he's on the way down though. Um, so yeah, this, this was my favorite episode, Deontay. Because mm -hmm. they unpacked and they, it's, if this was the very first episode they released, it, we wouldn't have any appreciation for it because we didn't get a why and we didn't get a, a general, okay, I don't know what's going on. Can someone explain this to me? This is the origin, this is the origin episode. This is, I know it's only as, oh, so sorry. My bad. This is the origin episode. <laughs> Good, bro. <laughs> Talking with my hands. <laughs> I mean, that Kevin Hart uh, bit that he did. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, there's a lot going on, a lot to break down. Of course, Deontay, I love a good conspiracy. All right. I have my notes here. A six part series. Was this intentional in terms of timing? Dot, dot, dot. I think so. We flirted with this idea. Oh, okay. go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, no, go, I'll catch you off. No, no, you good. You good. Go ahead, man. Ask I'll question. touch you. Are you saying in terms of timing of because of the next project that's coming out this week yes okay yes 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 y-e-s we have not only have had an introduction to the magical side of the mcu but also the multi-dimensional multi-realm god-associated part of the mcu right mm -hmm. black panther Thor, obviously, Doctor Strange, many episodes of What If, Loki, and now Moon Knight. We get a, a huge glimpse into how these godlike beings operate in their introduction into the MCU at large. We got the human physical Eternals side. as well. It, boom, right yeah. there. So six-part episodes, the last episode dropping on the same day that Doctor Strange premieres. Doctor Strange 2 premieres? Is that a coincidence? Yeah. Day before, yeah. Based on the way that this episode 5 went, not a coincidence. Not a coincidence at all. Um, so I look forward to... Wednesday is going to be huge, bro. Mm -hmm. In terms of cinema. In terms of cinema and connectivity with the MCU, Wednesday will be huge. Right. But that's that's all yeah, I got before I, before I completely I nerd out. I know, right. And I know we had mentioned like a little connections to the MCU as a whole, um, like references to things that we know about already in MCU. And they had mentioned the ancestral plane that we knew in Black Panther, mm -hmm. right? What was, what's, am I saying, what's the, the term for it? It's slipping my head. The uh, realm? Is it the ancestral plane? Is that what yeah, they call the ancestral it? Plane. Okay, I said, okay, I said it right. After he took the heart shaped herb and they had the little ceremony where he, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a mention of that in episode five, but um, yeah, I like how you said it. You perfectly put that when you said it's an origin story, right? We kind of get yeah. all these questions answered as far as like how did he become Moon Knight? 
Um, and he was basically damn near dead, right? And he looks mm-hmm. up and sees uh, Kanshu, um, and he makes that plea, basically, or not plea, but he agrees, you know, for his life to be saved in order to serve this, yeah, Egyptian god. And I think in episode six, we'll kind of see these scenes that you have mentioned a few episodes ago that they were running as clips uh, with Moon Knight and uh, Arthur Harrow going up the pyramids and fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming, yeah, we'll definitely see a conclusion to that. And like you mentioned, even the the coincidence or not a coincidence of this landing right in front of Doctor Strange is, you know, in the comics, Moon Knight and Doctor Strange are a part of a team called the Midnight Suns. Um, it's Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, uh, Punisher, Blade, um, right or no? Blade, Blade, yes, I yeah, Billy Blade is in it. Um, it's kind of like an underground Avengers. Is that how you would call this team? But yeah, go it's ahead. a separate team. Separate team. Earlier, I took a note uh, because you mentioned top of the food chain. Uh, yeah. If anybody who here doesn't have a life like myself on the weekends and or after work, Blade One, Two, and Three are on Netflix. Um, one of the coin terms or common phrases used in the Blade movies was top of the food chain because mm. you're dealing with a hierarchical situation of vampires and everyone else and when you said that it made me laugh because Dang, um, i didn't even realize that deacon frost was uh an amazing actor uh his name slips my mind so great his name slips my mind. but deacon deacon frost the the villain of blade one he refers to the issue of him and the, the conflict that he has is humans thinking they're they're above him and he's in his mind he's not beneath a human and he's not beneath a pure blood pure blood is someone who's born of both vampire parents or both parents being vampires yeah or female yeah and he despises pure bloods and he keeps he refer he often refers to you know situations and context of top of the food chain so you said that made me laugh like hysterically so you segue obviously about the Uh, sons i was like oh wait Blade. And it's like, oh wait, my note. I'm supposed to come yeah. back to top of the food, <laughs> top of the food chain. So, and that's how we do that here. <laughs> so um bro. This it's about to be a, a crazy to, week of <laughs> it's, about to, it's about to be. There have been plenty of times where I've I've watched movies. I've went back to the movie theaters to watch them again, and there were seldom times that I went back to see it three times. This might be a movie that I go back to see three or four times. Just yeah. because of the nature of the content and the complexities that we're dealing with. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The movie we're talking about, if you are dead to the world, is uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> if you, I know I said it. If you have a life, unlike us sometimes, yes. on weekends and everything. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which opens this Thursday, Dane. Uh, first of all, um, beware on social media, man. I have not seen any leaks but they are out there. I've not seen anything, but I'm I'm very weary of it as far as going on social media these next few days. And if you were like Dan and myself, who don't really want to be spoiled about that kind of thing, especially with a big movie like this, just be aware of, you know, it's out there. Um, Beyonce being nice. There's going to be some idiots out there that have access yeah. to see the movie as early as Monday. And they're going to be out there swinging their, swinging their dingling saying, oh, guess what I got to see? And there's the worst you're going to see. Those are the yeah. worst kinds of people that in in the world and athletes. Sorry, I'm lumping all of us together. There's some athletes uh, out there. LaShawn McCoy. McCoy, you 
idiot. Just the person, not the player. You're an amazing player. Um, spoiling movies out there, going out there and saying stuff like, obviously, you have an ability. If you obviously seen a movie and it's been out for a week, that's on you for going on social media and not seeing it yet. However, you have early access to a movie and you foolishly go out there and spoil it just in the name of, oh, I have something that no one else has seen. You're an idiot. And I hope you stub your toe 17 times in the middle of the night. And kind of a word of advice, the worst social media I mean, it's not even a social media app, is it? Maybe the worst, the worst app to go into to avoid spoilers is uh, YouTube, yeah. even over Twitter, because you know YouTube's full of different thumbnails and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you'll see a thumbnail off rip before you even mm-hmm. see the words. Because you look at the picture first, you'll see a thumbnail off rip of something like, oh, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you try I, to yeah Google. I had a character that was in. The Spider-Man movie, the most recent one that came out, that was spoiled for me because I was I went to Google to search something and it was one of the articles on the front page. I'm like, what the hell? And I, yes. I was I was pissed about that because I was like, I was blind. The only thing I saw about Spider-Man 3 was two trailers. I didn't see anything else. And that was yeah. intentional. And that pissed right. me off so bad. But there there are some uh companies that spoil stuff too, like media companies, variety is well known to spoil stuff. So if you follow Variety on Twitter, I would suggest you block them or mute them or unfollow them. Big um, energy. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, media companies out there that, you know, just spoil for the heck of it. And like they mentioned, a lot of those companies will get to see Doctor Strange uh, on Monday, the day this episode drops. So beware of mm-hmm. socials. Um, but as far as the movie itself, really, really excited about it, man. It's like you said, Daniel, it's going to be one of them ones, man. Um I'm very excited for what we're about to witness here. And it seems like Marvel, they don't, they don't miss. Um, and, you know, we, we've mentioned earlier how much content they've, they've given the fans and like this, like we just, I feel like we just saw Spider-Man, right? Like, to right. me, it feels like that just happened. Time has um, passed. And, and this movie was supposed to come out in March, um, but it's finally releasing this month or, this week that was intentional and, uh, i'm telling yeah. you i love with moon Knight intentionally that's my theory and i'm going with it with my tinfoil do rag yeah. on as we speak and we'll definitely find out the answer to that um oh, when, when that goes <laughs> <I know. laughs> when that goes in the theater but um let me see what what can i ask you about this movie before we get out of here um i guess what what are you kind of expecting to come out of the movie thinking I'm glad you said this. I'm glad you said that. Uh, where do Michael Wilbon? So I hope and I pray that there is this movie brings out the existence or acknowledgement of the series. What if that is the only thing I'm looking forward to? I already know that the movie itself is going to be amazing. Huge Doctor fan. Excuse me. Huge Doctor Strange fan here. And that's what I'm looking. I already know the movie is going to be dope. Um from the director to the actors to the execution to the freaking colors, like in the idea, like it's it's going to yeah. be mind bending. And I right. I'm a huge fan of Inception, so just the visual, like seeing visuals like that matched with amazing scores, I can live with the movie being horrible. If, but if they have amazing visuals and the scores like dope scores, like in the background, you got to do it on the you know the little violin mm-hmm. or like like. I can deal with it like Doom, amazing in terms of visuals and, and mm-hmm. like in scores. But anyways, what if as long as there's some acknowledgement and some cohesiveness of connectivity, mentioning and or referencing 
the what if series, I'm good because that opens yeah. up an amazing door of opportunities. And we've talked about right. this since last uh, I year. Think, and I think that's going to happen. Um, the connectivity you got the uh writer or the am i right the director of loki is writing wrote this movie mm. so i feel like the connectivity between maybe what if or even the loki show would not be surprised if we saw loki himself in this show um uh like all the characters that we've seen so far in the trippiness shows like wandavision maybe we could see vision in this show because you got wanda and she's talking about vision i would love to see him pop up in the show but vision will be there <laughs> yeah and it's funny what dr strange one came out in 2014 i believe it's 2014 uh yeah check check oh, for that home. but we are finally we got a glimpse of it in game dame but when mortal told him the bill always comes due or the bill comes due always, always that's what that's what this movie is the culmination of him saying that to doctor strange right and we saw in Endgame what happened we saw in spider-man no way home what happened 2016 october 2016 thank you yeah still, um, still, we saw a nice minute ago <laughs> right. So we saw what happened in Endgame and Spider-Man and, uh, you know, those those movies. But I think this is the movie where everything that Doctor Strange has done to protect the universe, their universe, it's all going to come crashing down as far as this is the price that he had to pay mm. of all the things he tried to do to keep it in control, thinking he was, you know, I mean, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme anymore, but him trying to be or do the best he can to keep the universe intact. The very first moment in Doctor Strange 1 when we had that quote from Mordo, that's what this movie is. The bill hey. coming due. Hey, it could be Doctor Strange bill comes due. Here's the thing. Um, I overlook a lot of bad that Stephen Strange has done just because of the sacrifice that he's made. I don't know if any of y'all remember this or, or know this or not, but in the first Doctor Strange movie, he literally died thousands of times. At the end of that movie, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I personally, I've, I've never died before, but I don't know. The, the, the idea of dying countless times over and over and over again for the sake of humanity is kind of dope. Granted, right. have most of the problems were created because of horrible people, which is, you know, essentially the, essentially the theme of most Marvel movies, but some of the stuff that he does that he shouldn't be doing, I kind of overlook. I was like, eh, I get it. You kind of died a few thousand times. And then, of course, the most notable sacrifice, giving up the time stone during the right. Infinity Saga. So that's all I had to say. Yeah. Yeah, man. Put some respect on his name. It's going to be a trippy for show. And, of course, on the next episode. And, yeah, our next episode is going to be jam-packed, bro. We got the finale of Moon Knight. <laughs> we got to talk about Doctor Strange, obviously. Ozark, right? I think it'd be good yeah. enough to talk about Ozark, yeah. right? We can talk about Ozark. I just finished the season finale of Ozark. Dane is working on it right now, but we'll talk about that as well, man. We're going to be jam-packed for episode 85, man. Going to be <laughs> the jam. Jam-packed. going to be the Ocho Cinco episode, or who, who else you got in mind? Uh, we got Ocho Cinco. Why not? I'm sure we could think of some more 85s by then. Dane's still thinking. <laughs> I don't. I can't think of any notable. I mean, I Vernon Davis. 
You know, the only Vernon Davis, the two hey, things I think about Vernon sweet, Davis. Sweet potato the, yams. <laughs> that and the, the crying. He said, oh, yeah. Brown, come in. Damn. Sweet potato <laughs> man, he was doing his mouth. Sweet, sweet potato, potato yams. yams. But that fool said he could cry on command on live TV. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. Get a chance. If you want a good laugh, just look, just go to YouTube or Google and type in Vernon Davis cry. Funniest yeah. thing you're going to see that day. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. Episode 84 of the Duo Sports and Stuff <laughs> podcast. We're going to get up out of here, man. Make sure you check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Dang, what the YouTubers say? Hey, man, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to get access to all the exclusive content. You'll get it here first, man. Join the Naughty Gang, man. And shout gang, out to gang. But shout out to everybody that's stolen content from and never giving them the credit of their dues. You're going to hear that over some super loud, obnoxious trap music, probably made in, like, a basement in Berlin somewhere or something. But anyways, yep. yeah, that's how they. That's how them dudes do. They all sound the same. And they must say, <laughs> like, one breath. And they give you a 10-minute video, and they don't give any of the content that you, they said to that the they were going to give you to the last 15 seconds. To the very end. Not here, yeah, though. Man. Not here. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Although, although we did tell them to subscribe. Oh, yeah. We told them at the end. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get all the good exclusive content, though. Right. Period. Right. And it's not right. all from the last 5% of the show. It's 100% <laughs> of the show. Maybe 99.5. Because Deontay brings the Broncos and that takes up, you know, the point. All right, we're going to get out of here. Episode 84, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. We out.